bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2017. This week is a special one in the history of Novogratz and Company. As a practicing tax accountant before the tax reform of 1986, while I was working then at a larger accounting firm, one of my core specialties was the historic tax credit. So it was no surprise that I continued that specialty after forming Novogratz and Company, which led to us hosting our first historic tax credit conference in Washington, D.C. 13 years ago this week. That would be April 26th through the 28th in 2004, to be exact. And guess who our keynote speaker was? Let me give you some hints. He was then a member of the Tax Writing House Ways and Means Committee. He then went on to be the United States Trade Representative and then Director of the Office of Management and Budget. And, oh yeah, from there he was elected to the United States Senate and was recently re-elected to his second six-year term he does sit on the Senate Finance Committee. Of course, I'm speaking of U.S. Senator Rob Portman. Back in 2004, as a member of the Ways and Means Committee, later in that year, after speaking at a conference, he went on to introduce a bill to improve the historic tax credit. Oh, by the way, Novogratz is continuing to host historic tax credit conferences, and our next one will be in Denver of this year the 27th and 28th of September. I'll share more details about that event as we get closer to the date. But moving back to today, I do have an additional note. Senator Portman last week announced that he was proud to become a co-sponsor of a very important community development tax credit bill. I'll have more on that later in the podcast. Now, let's turn to this week's tax credit news. In our general section, I'll talk about efforts to keep the government funded past this Friday. That's when the continuing resolution expires. I'm also going to discuss the latest updates from Washington on tax reform efforts. All eyes and ears are on the White House right now as we await release of President Trump's promised tax reform plan. Trump has said that the plan would be released tomorrow, Wednesday. Also, in our tax credit news section, I'll discuss the IRS invitation to submit comments on the 2017-2018 Priority Guidance Plan. And then, in localizing tax credit news, I'll continue last week's discussion about the release of the fiscal year 2017 income limits. And in our New Markets Tax Credit section, I have an update on the New Markets Tax Credit Extension Act of 2017. Then, I'll share information from the latest Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report and how you can get notified as soon as the Notice of Allocation Authority is released for the next New Market Tax Credit Allocation Round. I'll close out with our Renewable Energy Tax Credit News section, where I have two state legislation updates. One is a positive one from Maryland, and one is a not-so-positive one, to say the least, from Oklahoma. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, Congress has returned from its spring recess. And lawmakers have just four days 
to reach a new funding agreement before the continued resolution for fiscal year 2017 expires Friday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And incidentally, this Saturday is the 100th day of Donald Trump's presidency. Some of the main stumbling blocks to reaching consensus on funding the government include defense spending, funding for a border wall, and Obamacare subsidies. President Trump has proposed to cut 18% from non-defense spending to offset increased defense spending for fiscal year 2017. What do I think is most likely? Well, I think most likely Congress will pass a short-term extension to keep the government funded while seeking a longer-term agreement for fiscal year 2017. In other news, President Trump told the Associated Press on Sunday that he plans to release his long-promised tax reform plan tomorrow, Wednesday. Trump did not provide any further details other than saying, and I quote, It will be a massive tax cut. It will be bigger, I believe, than any tax cut ever. Maybe the biggest tax cut we've ever had. Close quote. White House Office of Management Budget Director Mick Mulvaney did say on Fox News Sunday not to expect any bill language tomorrow. Mulvaney said he expects governing principles and guidance to be released and some indication of what rates are going to be. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal and several other sources, Trump is expected to propose a top corporate tax rate of 15%, similar to what he mentioned in his campaign. Meanwhile, House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady is planning to announce congressional hearings on the House GOP tax blueprint in the coming weeks. As you would expect, I will continue to keep an eye out for new developments in tax reform, and particularly those hearings that, that uh, Chairman Kevin Brady is referencing, and I will share details as they become available. Follow me on Twitter. Now, in news directly from the IRS, once again, the Internal Revenue Service is inviting public comment on recommendations for items that should be included in the 2017-2018 Priority Guidance Plan. The IRS and the Treasury's Office of Tax Policy use the Priority Guidance Plan to identify and prioritize tax issues that should be addressed through regulations, revenue rulings, revenue procedures, notices, and other published administrative guidance. The 2017-2018 plan will help identify guidance projects that the IRS can work on during the period from July 1, 2017 through June 30, 2018, their work plan year. Now, I should note, it's not clear how the Trump executive order on regulations may affect the priority guidance plan. But the executive order does affect tax regulations and may affect other guidance. Now, as you also likely know, Novograd and Company leads several tax credit working groups that submit comments to the IRS every year. These are the LIHT, or Loan Compensating Tax Credit Working Group, the New Market Tax Credit Working Group, and the Renewable Energy Tax Credit Working Group. They also consider input from non-members. So if you'd like to send ideas for our working groups to consider, then go to www.novaco.com and navigate to the appropriate resource center and submit the comments that you think the working group should consider with respect to the priority guidance plan. You'll find information how to contact each working group there at the website. In affordable housing news, we've had a week here at Novograd & Company to digest the HUD fiscal year 2017 income limits. As I said last week, more than 80% of areas saw an increase in income limits. However, those areas actually contain 88% of the population of the country. 
That's the good news. The not-so-good news, or at least the not-so-good news yet, comes from the hold harmless rules. Those rules, of course, assure that low-income housing tax credit properties don't have decreases in rent or income limits from year to year. This means that the rent and income limits only rise when they reach a new peak. As I said last week, our study of the areas shows that nearly half of areas with an increase in average median income won't have an increase in their maximum income limit. That's because it appears just 51% of areas are at their highest point. The other 49% had a high point in some previous year. So income limits are moving up, but the ceiling remains flat for many long-lasting tax credit developments. Our research also shows that income limits generally had larger increases in the more populated areas of the country, which means while 49% of the country by area didn't show increases uh, in incomes or MTSP limits, you will see a greater proportion of the population having such increases. Of the 15 largest areas in the country, the San Diego-Carlsbad Metropolitan Statistical Area in California had the biggest increase in area median income. Now, while it had the biggest increase in area median income, you didn't see a similar increase in the MTSP income because of the way the calculations work. You may remember the national median income went up 3.5%. The San Diego-Carlsbad median income went up nearly 8%. However, HUD has a policy of capping increases in income limits for purposes of the MTSP or the the rent and income limit applicable to a given property to the greater of 5% or twice the national median income. Since the national median income increase was 3.5, the cap was a 7% increase. So San Diego Carlsbad had an 8% increase, so it didn't reflect that full increase in their MTSP limit. I'd also note that Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Minnesota, and the Boston, Cambridge, Quincy area, Massachusetts, saw an increase of more than 5%. My partner, Thomas Stagg, in our Seattle Metro office, said there are a few other key takeaways. First, he notes, as I alluded to earlier, while only 51% of the area see an increase in income limits due to the hold harmless rule, more than 60% of the population in the United States lives in those 51% areas. As a reminder, income limits are effective on the date they are released from HUD. And it's important to make sure that your development is using the correct income limits and implementing limit increases on a timely basis. Now, we're continuing to analyze the details of what they mean. Thomas Stagg takes the lead for Novograd and Company in that area. You can go to our notes from Novograd blog at www.novico.com slash blog for more information. We're also updating our Novogradic Rent and Income Limit Calculator, and we'll let you know when it's ready. And we'll have a webinar on the income limits, including a discussion on how they affect developments with layered financing. It's going to be held next Thursday, May 4th. You can register at www.novico.com slash webinars. And in the interim, or even after the webinar, if you have questions, about the income limits, contact Thomas Stagg in our Seattle Metro office. In New Markets Tax Credit news, I'm excited to announce that Republican Senator Rob Portman of Ohio has expressed his support of the New Market Tax Credit Extension Act of 2017. Senator Portman's support is particularly significant because he is a member of the Senate Finance Committee. The New Market Tax Credit Extension Act of 2017 would make the New Market Tax Credit a permanent part of the tax code would provide an inflation adjustment, and would allow the credit to offset the alternative minimum tax. Thank you, Senator Portman, for your support.
In other new markets tax credit news, the CDFI Fund released its latest Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report, or QEI report. This report identifies the total dollar amount finalized by new market tax allocatees and the amount that remains to be issued. The CDFI Fund said that nearly $892 million in allocation authority was issued since the last report in February. This is the largest issuance since nearly $1.1 billion in new market tax allocation authority was finalized in February of 2016. The total amount allocated since the beginning of the program has reached $43.7 billion. As of the report's date, April 18th, the amount of new market tax allocation authority still available is nearly $6.8 billion. Now, if you'd like to see the latest QI report, go to www.newmarketscredits.com. Also, the opening of the next new market tax allocation round is expected any day now. If you want to be notified as soon as the Notice of Allocation Authority, or NOAA, is posted, you should subscribe to Novogradic's News Alerts. They're free. Go to www.novoco.com alert. We'll send out an email as soon as the CDFI Fund makes the announcement. Also, don't forget to register for the Novogradic 2017 New Market Tax Credit Spring Conference. It's being held June 8th and 9th in Washington, D.C. The conference is the ideal setting to meet with industry participants and plan for the year ahead. To register, go to www.novaco.com events. In renewable energy tax credit news, a bill to create a Maryland state income tax credit for energy storage systems awaits Governor Larry Hogan's signature. The credit's generally equal to 30% of the installed cost of the energy storage system. But there is a cap. The cap's $5,000 in residential property and $75,000 on commercial property. Now, the credit also has a $750,000 annual cap that would be allocated on a first-come, first-served basis. And unused credits would not be allowed to be carried forward. To be eligible for the credit, energy storage systems would have to be installed after January 1, 2018 and before December 21, 2022. If you'd like to read the Senate bill, it's Senate Bill 758, and you can go to www.energytaxcredits.com. In other state renewable energy tax credit news, I have a not-so-great update out of Oklahoma. Governor Mary Fallon last Monday signed a bill to eliminate, that's right, eliminate the state's wind production tax credit. The Oklahoma wind production tax credit is worth a half cent per kilowatt hour of electricity that's generated by renewable sources. And it is refundable at 85% of its value and can be carried forward. The state tax credit was slated to expire at the end of the year 2020. But the enactment of HB 2298 eliminates the credit for wind facilities placed in service after July 1 of this year. A tax credit would still be available, though, for solar, geothermal, and moving water energy facilities until the end of 2020. Oklahoma is facing, as you may have read in the papers, a severe budget shortfall. So Governor Fallon called for the wind production tax credit to be eliminated in her fiscal year 2018 budget proposal, and she's acting upon that call. Now, if you want to stay fully abreast of renewable energy tax credit information, I'd encourage you to register for the Novogratz 2017 Financing Renewable Energy Tax Credit Conference next week. It's being held in San Francisco May 4th and 5th, with a pre-conference workshop on May 3rd. If you want to register, go to www.novico.com events. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Again, I do hope to see many of you next week in San Francisco. 
at our Novogratz 2017 Financing Renewable Energy Tax Credits Conference. It's May 4th and 5th, and as I noted earlier, there's still time to register. Also, I'm honored to announce that I've been asked to be a presenter at the National Housing Conference Housing Visionary Awards Gala. It's in Washington, D.C. on June 8th. This year's individual honorees will be former HUD Secretary Sean Donovan and Representative Pat Tiberi. They are both very notable recipients, and I wish my congratulations to Sean and Pat, and I'm very much looking forward to that evening. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.